Hey gang, Kristen here. Uh, this is part two of our first episode on the music of Star Wars. Um, and if you missed episode one on this, it's actually uh, episode 11, I believe. Bonus episode 11, that is. Um, from last week. Uh, go check that out before you listen to this so you have any idea what we're talking about. Um, but this is Chris... Uh, Miranda and myself. Uh, that's at Real Baby Bird. If you don't remember Miranda, which I'm sure you do, since we now just mention her every show. Um, <laughs> but so in this episode, we mostly talk about uh, Rogue One and our social media comments and questions. Um, whereas last episode, we did uh, Empire Strikes Back and The Last Jedi. So again, go back if you missed that and listen to it. It was a great conversation. We really loved it. We've got some great feedback on it. Um, and this is part two of that conversation, which ended up going about two hours. So that means it's two episodes. <laughs> uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Talk to you soon. Okay, let's talk about Rogue One, though. Non-John Williams music that is still delicious. <laughs> I made it weird. No, you sure did. No, absolutely. And it, it is obviously now not the only non-John Williams Star Wars film, but it was the first. Uh, now we have Solo, which was scored for the most part by, I want to say his name is John Daly. Oh, they didn't have Michael Giacchino? They no, they didn't. Giacchino do it. Okay. Um, but it's clearly Rogue One is very influenced by John Williams, right? Because you have obviously kind of like the main Rogue One theme is turning. It's it's evocative of the original Star Wars fanfare. Some of the action sequences like the Jetta City ambush is a track that has a lot of like scurrying through the Death Star vibes to it. Mm-hmm. Very underrated piece of music my opinion yeah <laughs> that exactly what you're talking about yeah no I, I i think that you know michael giacchino first of all just did a wonderful job with rogue one like i thought that the entire movie was scored so well and it, it really tied into all of the star wars movies it you know brought back some of the themes if only slightly he just kind of referenced them but it was enough that even though this isn't something that was scored by John Williams, uh, it still felt like, you know, what you would think of when you picture, imagine, music Star Wars. in a Star Wars <laughs> film. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it still feels very in the universe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, the I'm just thinking of the first scene where, yes. uh, obviously... Star Wars movies all start out with the blue text a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. All the all the Star- Skywalker saga films, you have that one big major key fanfare moment. And it's sustained and everything builds on it and it just launches in. And then in Rogue One, you have the same long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But then it's immediately different and you just have a one short, very loud, sharp minor blast that goes immediately to silence. And it's kind of like this immediate, oh, this is different. This is not the Skywalker saga. Miranda's looking at me like, please make a point. I'm looking through my tiny notebooks. Um, <laughs> I'm looking through my notes yes. from the plane. <laughs> yeah, she drunkenly wrote notes on the plane, which is great. Um, <laughs> we really appreciate her and all of her hard work and dedication oh to gosh. this podcast that she has nothing to do with except for being on mentioned on every episode mostly <laughs> no but i mean i think that's a really good point is like in, <laughs> sorry keep going i think it's a really good point that the you know regular star wars movies the skywalker saga you start out with the 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 crawl you know lucasfilm limited presents and then boom name of the film Let's go into this. Let's have this huge 
trumpet brassy fanfare and in rogue one it's like no let's you know do a little bit of exposition first mm-hmm. let's kind of set the scene and i think because of that like that's that that's really why we don't need that fanfare it's just launching straight into the story launching straight into the music as a result of that um I mean, and it's a different movie anyway, right? Because it's the scene has kind of already been set. We knew vaguely what to expect as far as timeline was concerned, um, which makes it different than any other, you know, first Star Wars film when, we, when we're watching it, right? If, if, if we're going in with no context, we actually don't know when anything's happening, um, whereas this had, had a specific place in time, right? Um, you know, you can argue that we had that during the... Um, prequel trilogy but at the same time we still don't know like the time between those movies um until we kind of know right um whereas rogue one was specifically rooted in this like very specific time before a new hope came out um and i think you know they just to to add some other um theatrical bits into the to the music um which i'm not supposed to do but i can do whatever i want because it's part of my podcast um (laughs) the uh even even the the scene setting where they go to uh all the different planets that we go to and the planets are tagged that's not something that we've ever seen before right it's like they they wanted to lucasfilm made this deliberate choice to kind of set this movie apart um and make it this other thing but still make it very star wars i think in my opinion I mean, I think that's the point that we're all making, but um, I, I loved the differences that that it brought to the table while still being Star Wars. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think that goes back to a, a point that I made earlier. You know, it it feels like a Star Wars movie. It's, it's not scored by John Williams, um, but Michael Giacchino still really quotes a lot of the stuff, like we've said earlier, that John Williams established. Particularly in the original trilogy. Uh, you know, I know there's a scene in particular where um, Jen and Cassian, the whole kind of squad, Crew. Crew. <laughs> uh, they take off from Yavin 4 to go to Scarif and launch that whole sequence of events get but, super dead but at, oh. geeks ruined it Rip good feeling knees. gone <laughs> i'm so excited now it's just keep going no, depressing sorry. so you know as they take off from yavin 4 we get the force theme you know it's it's calling back to a new hope to everything that's been established by john williams and that that's one of the things that I think is so amazing about Michael Giacchino's work in this is that he was able to incorporate everything, even if it's just, you know, slightly referencing it because he's trying to do his own thing. But he's still making it feel like something that we're familiar with as far as Star Wars music goes. You know what music and movie nerds do? They go fucking wild over slightly referenced. <laughs> yep. Sure do. And, and I think we're going to get to this. I'll let Chris make, make his point. But um, my, God, my my Rogue One moment is just always going to be at the end of the film when, when Vader comes on to Leia's ship mm-hmm. and just fucks everything up. And it's just so much. Like, that ripped me apart. Like, it really did. I know everyone dies, but, like, somehow that more ripped me apart. And that track. <laughs> because, oh, God, fuck. That track, Hope, uh, is the title of the track, is a fucking masterpiece. Like, it is. Yes. It, it <laughs> like, uh, f- so I would recommend everybody go listen to it. It is, it, it, like, it's amazing because it's, on the first listen, it just feels hectic and lots of kind of operatic yelling evocative of duel the fates in phantom menace but at the same time if if you listen to it again it's actually just 
the same theme as the Imperial March slowed down like four or five times. And like all the big notes, if you speed it up, it's the same notes as the Imperial March. Miranda's making a face when you mention that, like her head is in a vice because she's upset. <laughs> I did it because I made. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. And then of course it yeah. ends launching into the binary sunset. Fan, uh, yeah, I, theme. Yeah, I I did note when I was uh, watching Rogue One earlier this week, I was very surprised. Or, I mean, not actually surprised. But when you kind of watch the whole movie, when you hit the credits in the Star Wars film, like, you know what to expect. You know what the the theme is going to be. And it was the same for Rogue One mm-hmm. as it was for anything in the, you know, Skywalker saga that John Williams composed. It was like, oh, yes, we're back to our familiar situation, um, you know, despite the fact that this is a different composer. Slightly different story, not super tied into the same kind of mainline storyline. She's giving me a look and I'm like, I'm one, I'm just sitting here wondering the hard question of like how many casual Star Wars fans realized that this wasn't the same composer. You wouldn't know. I think that's the, that's the beauty of it is like if, if you were not plugged into this. If you're just watching a Star Wars because you like Star Wars, if you don't know anything about music, you're just like, oh, yeah, this sounds like it. So it must be true. It is Star Wars. Yeah. It rhymes. It has to be true. Absolutely. <laughs> so to that point, I know we have a couple more things on the outline, but I also want to make sure we have time for social media questions. So I just have one more thought before we get to social media questions. To that point of, like, this sounds like Star Wars and therefore it must be John Williams if you're a casual fan. Like, a discussion that me and Kate have a lot uh, is kind of like this hierarchy of the most important figures in Star Wars who are responsible for Star Wars success. And obviously George Lucas is at the top. You know, regardless of what you think of, like, all his movies specifically, he is the creator. He is the person who conceived of this world. And he is unquestionably the most important figure in Star Wars. I think John Williams is seriously in contention for number two, though. I would agree with that. I mean, I I think this entire episode has been just us talking about how much... John Williams talk. (laughs) Hashtag John Williams talk. But the, the entire episode, you know, we've been chatting for a while now about how important he has been to setting the scene for Star Wars, to, you know, p- throwing up that background music for what we've all come to know and love. And even without him, it still feels like John Williams. Yeah. You know? It's like we we just associate these super iconic themes, uh, you know, the the whole vibe of star wars there you know there are moments again just to belabor the point like you know striking visual sunset your binary sunset uh the music hits and we're like we just internalize it as this is it i'm watching a star war yeah absolutely (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think the easiest way to kind of convey this point is like, if you, I mean, this is an oversimplification, obviously, but it's like, if the music were different, or if we changed the music, if we took music out, it would be a much different Star Wars, right? I mean, I think that's fucking obvious. That's anything that has good music in it, right? Um, And that's just like scoring of movies in general. But I think specifically, like, you know, the, the same can be said about other things that Williams has scored. Like, if you think about Indiana Jones, less iconic as far as, I think, the music in it, as as far as, like, themes, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, little, a bit less complicated, but still thematic in nature and adds so much to the film. Um, Star Wars, I think, just takes that to a level that's above and beyond. Absolutely. All right. Well... Thank you both for the wonderful discussion on these. Now I want to get some social media questions. So Kate is going to hook in here and join us. So give us a sec. 
Mom. Mother, are you there? Hello. Hi. Hi. Are you my mommy? Hi, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing Hi. weird. Nothing weird. Nothing at all weird. Let's do social media shout outs, which Kate's in charge of because she runs the Twitter better than anyone else on this podcast and also is the only one. That went on a lot longer I know, than I expected but it has a good to, vibe. to be honest with you. No, no, that doesn't rhyme anymore. <laughs> Whatever. Kate loves me. Okay. Somebody has to. <laughs> so that's the best reaction to someone, me saying someone loves me. So thank you for that, mother. Um, also, I just want y'all to know that I am drinking basically um, LaCroix with alcohol in it. Ooh, can I try it? Chris will post a, Hell yeah. Chris will post a picture. Um, oh, wait. Are you drinking uh, White Claw? It's called Shell House. Is it the one from TJ's? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, is that TJ's nice. White Claw? Oh, that's delicious. It's TJ's White Claw, yeah. yes. Bless you. We That's what we drink for all of um, America. Fuck America Day. <laughs> That sounds great. It's like, you, you know, it kind of was. Can, it was. You, it was wonderful. You can, uh, you can pretend to be hydrated um, while you get drunk, at least if you're me. All right. Okay. Social media questions. Okay. So our first one is from a uh, longtime listener, friend of the pod, Shannon Joy26. Hi, Shannon. Um, so Miranda, I think you already saw a little bit of this question, but she says, I call the strings used for the first order their theme. Do you have music? On one of the soundtracks you consider to be a character or ship or whatever theme, even if it's not officially named that way. Yeah, so I did have to ask for clarification on it's this. It's all good. <laughs> I still don't know what the First Order theme is, according to Shannon. Shannon, I'm sorry. Uh, but I actually do have one. I have one that I think is Kylo's theme. Mm-hmm. I did not write down what songs on the soundtracks of <laughs> 10, but I wrote some little lines in my notebook. Uh, were you drunk? No, I was on I was on the plane. She was on the plane. We'll allow it. But well, I mean, I think this is what we were talking about with, with Rose earlier, right? Is like a non-official official yeah. theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, I just, like, it's not an official song title on the soundtrack. It might be what Shannon... No, it's not what Shannon thinks, because that's strings. This is more of a... Um, I think it's horns. Yeah. I know I know, I know. know what you're talking about. Do, 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 yeah. do. <laughs> yes, exactly. It sounds better, but I... I hate you guys so much. I just want you to know yeah. that. <laughs> it sounds better, but we're a couple of beers in, so it's fine. I mean, sure. But, you know, I mean, I, my answer is the, the Kylo thing. It's kind of established. It shows up first in uh, in The Force Awakens when he shows up to the battle on Takodana. Is that the name? Of it's the um no. It shows up when he when he lands on Jakku for the first time. Oh, oh, oh. I, I don't oh yes, you're right. Oh, sorry, that's my B. I no, I it- first <laughs> noticed it for when he showed up on Takodana to like fight Ray. Miranda, get off the pod. <laughs> No, it does. It's oh my God. I, I don't host this. You can kick me off anytime. Oh, I, I flew 2,500 miles to show up on the podcast. She could also go four miles and show up on the podcast literally anytime she wants. Yeah, I live four miles from you. Um, For me, it's one thing that is like always not a pet peeve, but uh, for me, it's binary sunset, which is the force theme yes well is it the force theme or is it luke's theme is always the the question i i I, because i consider it for the longest time considered it luke's theme okay and but but then obviously you get to the sequel trilogy and the lightsaber flies into ray's hand and you get a a variation on binary sunset they use it a lot also in rebels they use it a lot in rebels absolutely yeah hence miranda's opinion When when Kane Ezra does something cool, like there it is. <laughs> Ezra doesn't do anything cool in Rebels. He made a really good stapler gun. He did. <sighs> okay, like I guess. Talks to whales and shit. 
Oh, the whale. Okay, I'll allow the whales just because I like space whales. <laughs> Otherwise, blueberry must die. Anyway. Accurate. Any keeks? Do you have an opinion on this? Oh, not really. I mean, I, I'm, I've just kind of been in here trolling. That's my 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 point of the pod. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think Rose's theme is a, is a good quote. Rose, Rose's theme, right? That's what we're talking about. Um, is is, is a good and yes, <laughs> um, it is a good point to to kind of uh, re- resolve on in that we don't. Is it going to come back? does what what makes something a theme right does it mean that it's going to be in the next film what if it's only there once that doesn't really make it a theme so i think kind of stay tuned to see whether or not that's going to be anything other than what it is right now i hope it will because i think it's great hang out for a year and a half guys we'll figure it out (laughs) i am going to die i'm actually (laughs) waiting for this film i might actually just it's it's fine um, There's a decent chance that the distance between Solo and Episode Nine coming out is the longest we're ever going to have to wait for a Star Wars movie for the foreseeable. Stop talking about it. That's not. Don't worry. Yeah, we're, okay. We have we have resistance to, to keep us buoyed. It'll be fine. We do. I'm oh, excited. Are you for talking from eighty to eighty three? No, I'm talking fucking uh, oh. Revenge of the. No, no, no. In to... the past, absolutely. For me, <laughs> like for the foreseeable future, I'm talking about if we do, you know. Oh yeah. The yeah, Disney yeah. era. But it's probably for the best. But. Stop being reasonable with your time measuring. No. <laughs> I, I apologize. <coughs> All right. Um, Sorry, I like to be correct. Oh my God. <laughs> so, next question we've got is from Swarasala1. Hello, friend. Um, so, hi, Swara. Hi, one of the co hosts of Beltway Banthus. Jesus, I ranked this real fast, I guess. Um,. So he says, I'd love to hear a discussion on the inspirational aspects of Yoda's theme. Um, Rose Tico's theme being used as both a character theme and a rouse to the resistance theme. And I think y'all talked about that already, yeah. Um, and how Chirrut's theme sounds a bit like Ray's theme, which is interesting, actually, to me. I've actually not really heard the similarity between Chirrut's theme and Ray's theme, although it's, it's interesting. I love that concept. Mm-hmm. I'm tone deaf. With- Swara, add us and tell us what you're talking about. All right. I, I'm like seriously tone deaf, so th- that's why I'm not on this podcast. Uh, it, Chris will hear me sing in the car and want to like just wreck the car on the side of the road to put himself out of that misery. Swara, at Chris and at Real Baby Bird. <laughs> and not me and Kate. <laughs> when you have opinions about this. <laughs> um, um, but in terms of, I mean, Rose's theme, I think is absolutely... I'll be really interested to see how Rose's theme is handled in episode nine, because obviously we're looking presumably at Rose having a, I would think, fairly significant role in episode nine, considering how little of the resistance is left. Please, God, or I'll... Lord willing. Yeah. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see if there is more of a meshing with her kind of very feel-good, soft theme that you get in TLJ with maybe something like March of the Resistance, maybe something else... Uh, that's just more call to action-y. I'll be, I'll be interested. Yeah, and I, I, I think, you know, Rose's theme is very soft. <laughs> I definitely know what it is. Um, Literally saying it earlier, theme, Miranda. Sh- she doesn't, but yeah. I, I don't know what it is. It's fine. <laughs> she she got it when you sang it, but then she forgot. Because I've been having her drink for like six straight days. We're working on it. Um, <laughs> Fuck. It's not her fault. <laughs> but I mean, I think Yoda's theme is also very soft, and I think it's it's fittingly so. Wait, I'm, I I know Yoda's theme, and I know it really well, but for whatever reason, at this particular moment, I'm having trouble calling it into my head. Can you help out? I listened to it an hour, two hours ago. Sing it, Miranda. Sing it uh, into the mic. Can I play it on my Spotify? No, notes? you're not I, allowed to do that. Because copyright. We don't own anything. Well, okay. Well, I'm gonna. We're gonna edit this shit out that's right hold on miranda's gonna play it and then i'm gonna edit it out and then chris is gonna sing it or miranda's gonna sing it <laughs> oh she has all these downloaded she's Shut trash up. Shut <laughs> up. so play play rose's theme to get it play rose's theme rose's theme is not actually a uh oh, a track name called... so the, i i in my notes i wrote down <laughs> a question a question mark <laughs> Find out what Rose's theme is. Beginning of Fun with Finn and Rose from. Try the last try Jedi. playing Fun with Finn and Rose. 
It's the beginning, I think, is Rosa's theme. Not this part yet. Yes. There it is. <laughs> it's fine. We're uh, going to include all of this and nothing matters. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a monster. This is going to be the longest end tag of all time because this is going to be... <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yep. It's fine. <laughs> Hey, that's my hashtag drunk humming is just like an art and so a science. For some of us, that's just our life. So nice. Anyway, I think that Yoda's theme is inspirational. Yeah, same. I think Yoda's theme is really great, and I'm glad that it like has so many. Did it come back in the last chapter? Yes, it did. In- it did. When he so. okay. went bonkers and set the tree on fire. <laughs> Yep, in the in the uh, track is that really games. going bonkers for Yoda? Is the real question? No, I mean, I would argue no. No, no Yoda's a crazy motherfucker. No, to be fair, like... to be fair, he did like whap R two almost to death with a stick. So okay, fair enough. Um, okay, but like R two is rude. Same. He took R 2s cookies. I know. <laughs> That's fair. This is all okay. fair. This is all fine. I get it. <laughs> Just like you can't argue with that R two is not rude. He is saying. Terrible, dirty curse words under his little R two breath constantly. That's a little motherfucker. Well, anyway, um. <laughs> no, I think it is. I think it is inspirational. I think some of the usage of the uh, it's it's a very strings heavy piece, particularly for the original Empire soundtrack, because um, mm-hmm. you have obviously like the main theme is i want to say cello but then you also have like kind of very high violin like notes uh, like setting the background for it and i think that that kind of contributes to it being different and a little softer a little loftier than you would get with something that's a little harsher like uh horns or brass yeah and i think i didn't think it was a cello piece i thought it was more and into the upper strings yeah. I, I maybe misheard that. Unclear. Hard to know. <laughs> Who's to I'm, say? I'm not. I'm not here to help you with this question. Anyway, continue, musicians. Who's to? Say? I don't pay attention when the strings play in my orchestra rehearsals. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you should definitely join Miranda. Will listen the whole yep, time you play. Absolutely. No, but but I mean, I think that's the whole point of Yoda's theme. It's supposed to be uplifting. Like he's teaching Luke how to. Jedi. be a person how to be like a slightly useful jedi he's here to you know push him on on his journey and that's kind of expressed in his theme um if you have thoughts about miranda calling luke a slightly useful jedi please direct them to at real baby bird yeah have fun with luke, that one miranda. useless Shane fucking twink <laughs> Those are my Luke thoughts. My God! (laughs) He's a useless twink. I don't make the rules. (laughs) Oh, my God. At Real Baby Bird, yell at me. I will not argue with you. I will just say, Luke is a useless twink. (laughs) Over and over again. This is her opinion. I've heard it before, and I let her on the podcast anyway. (laughs) If you would like more Luke talk, you can reference our Luke talk episode with Shannon and at Nancy Pants, which was episode something. We were talking about <laughs> Legends of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> That's a book. It's a middle grade book, and we read it. Sure right. did. Um, I will say, uh, for my like com- completely uneducated, not a musician, never learned to play an instrument, can't, can't, can't read music, can't hear music really. I don't even do poetry because I can't tell the difference between stressed and unstressed syllables. <laughs> I I do think. That, at least uh, for me with The Last Jedi, um, you know, like you were saying about how um, it's uplifting because he's trying to teach Luke how to be a human. Um, it's it's just interesting the point at which that scene and that song comes because we're about to dive into the whole fuck shit of, of the climax and... You know, Yoda's this familiar and safe presence for Luke. And so it's this, it's just this nice little island of Yoda going crazy and setting a tree on fire. But then he, you know, gives you some wisdom and you feel good. And then it, everything crazy just happens. But yeah. Thank you, Kate, because I, I I have similar problems with poetry. And I'm supposed to be quote, quote, a musician, quote, quote. So I'm just here to tell I you. 
Yes. I can't hear it. Like, quote, English minor. Yeah, like, whatever. Kate was an English major. Leave us alone. We did it, okay? We did things in high school where you're supposed to, like, clap out the... I just, I was just sitting in the back of the room. I can't do it. No, I'm... Nope, I can't do it either. Nope, nope. I am Yeah, I was just sitting in the back of the room just pretending to clap when I was... Anyway. That's actually the best, like, visual representation of you I think I might have. <laughs> so now every time someone's like, Kate, I'm going to imagine you, like, clapping off feet in the back of a <laughs> high school classroom. But sorry for that. Please clap. I mean that in a nice, oh. in a nice, please, please oh, clap. No. <laughs> please clap. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, there's a great Unitarian. More stuff. <laughs> there's a great Unitarian Universalist joke that's just like, I am I am in the middle of service. Someone is clapping offbeat because white people. Um, <laughs> it's it's great. All right. Anyway, next question is from at Emphis Nest Emma, who is one of the uh, co-hosts of Sapphic Skywalkers, and she says, "Is there a reason why I think the use of Leia's theme when she force connects with Palo sounds like a lullaby, or am I just projecting?" Um, and then she says, "I feel like there's." need to discuss the absolute brilliance of Giacchino's score despite the four-week deadline, which I had no idea he had four fucking weeks. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, yeah, He's, I also did one not One thing know I've that. noticed since Rogue One, he is quite prolific. Like, if you've seen a blockbuster no. in the past three years, he probably scored it. So this is timely because of the fact that The Incredibles 2 just came out, but Michael Giacchino scored The Incredibles, which if you've ever seen... Has a super soundtrack. Yeah. Accurate. He he she, she didn't say incredible soundtrack. She did say oh. super and then laugh at herself. So <laughs> I just want you guys to know that, that she's garbage. Miranda, you're garbage. Also, he also scored we all know this. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> and he did the second incredible. And Lost, and, and, which I've never seen, but. Oh, I just oh, saw Jurassic Lost? World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, I, I liked that. that. Yeah, he did. I've never seen Lost, but I, I did some light research into this and he's very established huh i had no idea as we all know he's very good at this he sure is yeah. i didn't yeah you guys talk about lost sometimes i've never seen that there's an island end of my lost knowledge crap anyway um, sorry it's the end of jj abrams lost so, knowledge too jesus um, to- and also uh emma to your first question is there a reason why it sounds like a lull- why uh, you think it's a lullaby yes the reason is that john williams is an emotional terrorist <laughs> the the actual reason <laughs> oh my god is because, so I, I think I know the scene that we're talking about here. When she force connects with Kylo, when um, he's attacking the the Resistance's yes. ship. <laughs> but, so what happens there is we go to Han and Leia's theme. Mm. But the twist on it is that it's like very high. It's very soft. I want to say it's like a very soft piano theme. Yeah. Just one note at a time, Han and Leia's theme as they're connecting. Obviously, spoiler alert for The Force Awakens, <laughs> Kylo Ren is Han and Leia's son. <laughs> but so it, it, it's just that connection that... I didn't pick up that it was Han and Leia's theme, <laughs> and that makes so much fucking sense, and I want to die. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... That that is one thing I could hear, and I was just like immediately saw, started bawling in the theater the first time um, I saw this movie because it's just like here's 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 your here's your baby boy trying to commit a murder, yay! Yeah, that and leading into this next question, the spark, the use of Han and Leia's theme in that is just absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, no, let me die. All right, so so the next question that Chris just mentioned is from at Southern Cynic. SC, longtime listener, wonderful friend of the pod. Um, hey, lady. The queen of smut wars. Um, so she says, uh, can someone just yell and cry about the spark and master switch? Yeah, I mean, the spark is... Obvi- it's, it's it's such a unique time in the film because obviously you see everything positive in Star Wars crashing down in that moment. You have uh, Rose potentially being dead. The viewer doesn't know at that point. You have the door to the resistance base being blown open by the uh, battering ram cannon. Giant throat. The giant throat. <clears throat> miniaturized Death Star te- tech. Because we couldn't just call it a giant laser. We had to say miniaturized Death Star tech. Um, pew, 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 but bigger. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
And and it really does feel hope. Even Leia's lost her hope, and she says the spark has gone out. And then you have, obviously, Luke coming in the spark, and you have very soft music and uh, notes of Luke and Leia, the track from Return of the Jedi, which is their their theme of being together. And then at the end of it, went right as he says, no one's ever really gone, and hands her Han's dice, you get very very softly very clearly two bars of Han and Leia's theme and it's just the worst that's rude that's just rude again I cried like a baby it wasn't cute yeah there are two moments in uh that movie that get me every time and that's one of them yeah I I just feel like the spark is meant to pull at your heart absolutely it's kind of like you said Chris it's a culmination of everything that we've had in star wars to this point and then the back half is really just building and building to that moment and it's a lot to handle <laughs> it's too much to handle it, it makes me want to launch myself into the twin suns <laughs> anyway we have other social media questions i don't know why they let me be on this Podcast. Uh, do any of you want to comment on Master Switch, which is SC's other um, want to die track? I did not write. Oh, I listened to it. I did not write down notes. Hold on. Apologies. I'll yeah, play none of this. Miranda didn't do her homework, and now she's grounded. This is the one that we hear. Uh, she did so much more homework than I did, sounds, Kate. Sounds I, right. I did more homework than Kristen did, but yeah, that's, that's not sounds not right. Surprising. <laughs> uh, this is the one that is played when Chirrut. And Baze mm-hmm. die. Sorry. I, I wrote down little lines on my paper. Uh, That's doo 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 doo. She doo-doo. literally wrote <laughs> lines that represent doo 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 doo. Anyway. This is what I get for not playing real instruments. Write down, like, take a picture of her to scribble so we can put it on the gram because it's beautiful. Uh, I yeah, s- I will before she yes, leaves while she's asleep. I have a solid, like, 10 or 12 pages of notes. It's a very small note, moleskin, so. I love you. Anyway, talk about but the so, feelings you have. The, the biggest feeling that I have, like, obviously, the Master Switch, like, very important part of the film. Chirrut's finding it. He's putting it. Everybody dies. <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> is that an important part of the Rogue One when everybody dies? Spoiler alert! <laughs> everybody dies. Super dead. Spoiler heavy pod today. Uh, <laughs> but so one of my biggest things was that in part of the song and part of the piece, it really calls back to the the Rogue One theme that I think is established when they finally throw the Rogue One. Wa- one up on the screen mm-hmm. um the title card is that the mm-hmm. word? Sure. and then later in the song i think there's also a very quick reference to the force theme it's it's not super obvious i think if you're actively thinking about it and are very familiar with the force theme there's a little bit of something i could Which, be wrong a fucking course there is because it's, there are, it's a Star well, Wars. There are perfect because, trash baby force, force babies. That's fucking oh, right. No. That's rude. <laughs> Just to We're, quote to quote Kristen, launch me into the sun. Nice. <laughs> All right. Next question is from um oh that's just Rich, which good handle. Um uh, so he says, do you feel the newer scores lack a bit of punch having not been recorded at Abbey Road minus solo, which sounds like it clicks right in. Um, I'd have no idea what, um, music fidelity sounds like, so. I have no thoughts on this yeah, either. I, I, it, I, it was, it was loud and I watched it in a movie theater, so it sounded quite. Yeah, oh, I, Miranda, do you have thoughts on this? I, I did not realize that that was the case. I didn't know where anything was recorded i didn't know that it was recorded at abbey road but i mean if i really want to sit down and think about it i don't think that we're lacking anything i think that you know the 
the scores are pretty consistent in what they deliver. We still get all of the emotions that John Williams or Michael Giacchino or whoever composed solo, even though that's not what we're talking about here. Like, we get what they're trying to convey. Uh, we, we still get all of the Star Wars experience, at least in the musical sense. I didn't realize that there was any kind of discrepancy in where they were all recorded. It still, it still has the same effect. Yeah, I sorry. I'm just looking up who composed solo to make sure I have his name right. Um, oh, it's doing the same thing, oh, Chris. Nice. Um, yeah. Oh, that's just rich. Say more. Like when this comes out, tweet us and say more because I'm not sure to what you are referring. Um, We're here to learn. Like if it is a, a fidelity issue, if it's something else, um, I. I'm, to be honest, not that much of an audio nerd, like more just like specific music nerd as opposed to an audio nerd. So I would love to know more. Uh, so if you're comfortable, definitely continue to tweet at us. Yeah. Um, Solo was composed by Williams and Powell, right? Uh, the Johns. Hashtag the Johns. John Williams did Hans theme and that's it. Okay. So who's the other one who did the rest? John Powell. John Powell, not John Daly. What else did John Powell do? Do we know his work from other places? Uh, Kung Fu Panda. Amazing. Did not see. Did not Kung see Fu that. Panda's fucking great. Just I haven't seen for the record. Oh, Born Ultimatum, oh! Kung Fu Panda 2, Hancock, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is a great soundtrack. Born Supremacy, Born Identity. Okay, so he did all the Born movies. He did Face Off, which is one of my, oh my favorite God. movies of all time. Wait, one is that f- the fucking movie that we watched? Yes. <laughs> that Miranda fell asleep during. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of... P.S. I Love You. Some of the X-Men shit. Oh, guess what he did? He did Trek. <gasps> And Ice Age and Ants. That's wonderful. So That's wait, can I just do a do a quick aside? So yes. <laughs> I remember almost nothing about the Bourne movies, but because I'm a big ass like music nerd, I was in marching band in high school, and our show, our like field show, my senior year was based on the music from the Bourne series. <laughs> Amazing. That's actually kind of fucking that's awesome. badass. So that's a really, really fun fact for me. <laughs> I love you. Now I know that his name is John Powell. Thank you for my it, it several sh- solos. <laughs> it, sh- it sure is. Um, hey, Chris, or Kate, Kate, because she's the social media person. What? Um, I was just... No, I'm just... No, what? Abby's question was... How what? <laughs> what Abby's question was, the last question? Oh, she had several, so I linked to it because I needed... Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's... I'm doing it. Don't worry about it. Okay. Oh, wait. I think I liked it on Twitter. Okay. So, um, at at Abby Gleason, um, another one of the co-hosts of Beltway Banthos, um, she had a number of questions because she has a lot of Star Wars music feelings, which is why we like her. Um, So, ooh, I don't think y'all have done this already. So, she says, if you haven't said already, what's everyone's favorite track from each score? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, I can go because I I looked at this. Um, For me, it's the Imperial March in empire that's tops for me um probably probably the spark in last jedi although the the last jedi song is also up there uh, but i think it's the spark and then in rogue one it's hope miranda's looking i literally abstain from the question because i don't know the name uh, of if anything, you don't know track names, you can just like describe what's okay. going on i will for empire i'll just pick a different song. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go with uh, Han Solo and the Princess, Always known amazing. more recently as Han and Leia. <laughs> right. Kate's crying. Sure. <laughs> Rogue One. Um. So I really in Rogue One, I love the theme. I can't think of anything else right now. Yeah. Even though, but the. The the kind of Rogue One motif that they have, you know, with the title card and kind of throughout the film. I, I really love how that sounds. I think it very much matches up with the uh, 
She's literally just scrolling through <laughs> through Spotify, reminiscing about how much she loves every single one of these tracks. <laughs> so she keeps getting distracted okay. by Star Wars. You know what? It's all so good. <laughs> True. I did not come out to be attacked. <laughs> sure you did. You agreed to be on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kristen? I didn't, I didn't research this question first. That's though. okay. Kristen, did you come up with literally anything? <laughs> Uh no, the part where Darth Vader comes on Leia's ship yep, hope. in Rogue One is my favorite. You can put it into the microphone, Miranda. No, I'm, I'm trying to make a decision. <laughs> we'll come back to Miranda on we this will. question. What's the next question we want to answer? I'll just I'll just pick Canto Bite because like why the Ooh, fuck not? Good, it's good fun. It is so it, good. It, it's a very good. Oh oh wait wait. Also the. <laughs> The Fathiers? Is it Fathiers when they're like riding them? Yeah, yeah. It's, it is just so kind of a tie between those two songs. Yes, yes. we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Granted, the same general like extended scene, both so fun. Um, I think really representative of that little part of the arc, the storyline. But they're they're both upbeat and oh. So good. Yeah. It's great. Also, at Oh That's Rich's name, for anyone who doesn't know, is C, C- Sleepio. So shout out to him. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I meant to write that actually in the in the in the outline and then I totally forgot because it's it's geeks. It's beautiful. Great minds. Beautiful. All right. Um okay. So next question from Abby. Uh The Last Jedi was scored differently from the other saga films. Typically the director and John Williams sit down together and spot the score. But Ryan Johnson sang John Williams um, temp- um, temporarily tracked um, s- shots from uh, The Last Jedi with um, Williams' own Star Wars music. Do you think that there's any benefits to this? Any downsides? Do you think the process helped or hindered the overall score? Yeah, and this is kind of what I was getting at earlier when I was saying that Ryan Johnson was potentially a little bit more involved in this than traditionally directors are i think in like kind of proactively suggesting exactly what he wanted here um to me i don't think there's any downsides to this score um i think this score is amazing um i think that it's interesting because very clearly ryan had his vision right and his vision you know one of the benefits of miranda very much to what you were talking about this being this being you know scores that are 40 plus years old at this point um having so much to draw on is that ryan kind of had his vision not only of the film but of what he was hearing in these shots and i do think that that um i mean i don't want to i don't want to say any other movies lacked this but i think that there was such good agreement between what was happening on screen and what was happening in our ears um and i do think that that's because ryan took it into account as he was going yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think if there's any argument for a downside, which I do not agree with, I I just think that you could probably argue that, you know, there's maybe something there about hampering um, the, the, the creativity of the sure. soundtrack. But because we're dealing with something that is just so established, it doesn't matter. And not only is it established, it's Williams and Williams, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I agree with what Chris said, I think. You know, Ryan Johnson knows what he wants conveyed in those scenes. He's obviously familiar enough with the music to kind of make that message clear. I, I thought it was all just very effective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I have a follow-up for Abby's question. So obviously um, this worked out for The Last Jedi and worked out between um, uh, Ryan Ryan Johnson and John Williams. But um, do you think that it would have worked for any other composer? Like if he had done this to Giacchino, for example, or Powell, what do you think? Like would it have wound up being just as okay? Or do you think that um, maybe there would have been you know, Miranda, like you were saying, some art- hampering of the artistic process or whatever the hell there. I think it's, I think it would have been different. Uh, you know, I think that M- Michael Giacchino's work, as we see in Rogue One, is 
while very similar to the rest of the films, it does have its own distinct flavor. Uh, but I think that it still would have been in line with what we expect. I think that if he had done The Last Jedi soundtrack, I don't think it would have been obvious to, you know... I would say the casual listener, but even anybody, like it wouldn't have been obvious that it was somebody different composing the film Mm -hmm. or composing the music for the film, I guess. I I think it would have been still very good. You know, obviously we know at this point, like we've kind of internalized a lot of John Williams's music. We would have done the same for the film if Michael Giacchino, for instance, had done it. It would have been just as effective. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think one of the benefits, not benefits, but reasons that it worked for Last Jedi is that, like, he was quoting Williams to Williams, you know? Like, it's, like, not so much hampering Williams' creative process because this is already his stuff. Right, I yeah, think, that's that's why I was wondering if it would be different with somebody else because, obviously, Williams knows yeah. Star Wars music better than anybody because he, he, he made it from his brain Yeah, hole. exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I think, I and I don't, I, I, I am not a composer. I don't know anything about the mental state of trying to compose for a Star Wars film, I would, my worry as a fan would be that if they tried to do something like that with like, all right, here are John Williams' themes that we want represented in each scene of the movie to somebody who's not John Williams, I think that it's a very fine line between um, appreciation and imitation. And I think Rogue One and Solo's scores do a great job of appreciating john williams's themes while taking them in new directions and i worry that Mm. giving them too much direction on what to include in any given scene would hinder that and lean more over the line to imitation and would have weakened them that said who knows i you know i know nothing about how michael giacchino or john powell work yeah i mean i think that you know in that case maybe you want if for whatever reason john williams can't you know, throw in his input. Maybe you want Ryan Johnson to have a little less involvement with the development of the the soundtrack. Um, but I think that we've kind of seen, you know, personally, and I think I probably speak for the rest of you. I trust Michael Giacchino with this. I think we saw from Rogue One that he's very capable. He can call back to all the themes that we know and love from Star Wars and, um, John Powell did the same thing in Solo. Um, I'd be fine with, you know, anybody, not anybody else, but either of them doing the music for The Last Jedi. But again, it would just not be as familiar as it currently is. I I still think it would be fine. Cool. All right. Uh, Moving on with uh, Abby, several questions. So... Um, she wants y'all's thoughts on Rogue One's overwhelming use of D.A.C.R.I. Is it too much? Is it just enough? I don't know what that is. It's called The Mass for the Dead, so mm. it's really not on the nose. Okay, thank you for this ad. I appreciate this ad. Love atheists. It's really just like that first quote, and yes, they do it, use it a shitload in Rogue One. They basically use it as like a musical quote, um, in in a couple of like ominous parts, if I'm not mistaken. I am having trouble visualizing that, so I'm gonna pass on this question, but you guys should talk about it. <laughs> no, I don't know that we have like enough smart to talk about no, this Abby's, question but Abby's they definitely Abby's next level I know. all the time like in a great way obviously well and I think they use Abby's it also a co-host in places I said that did you I'm sorry I missed it fuck you we might be too stupid to answer this question I... no so I think uh, hearing hearing the it used as a way to describe Ray when Ray grabs the lightsaber in Force Awakens I'm assuming that it's like that beginning of uh master switch where it's like do 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 like kind of that theme yeah i i think that's it um 
hey abby can you uh add us and yeah help, help us because this, this is a hard question is that the part that i sang yes could be what okay. did you do because i do? other than that i can't place it um yeah, we're going to have to, like, do a follow-up episode with y'all to, for all these really good questions, actually, that we've been getting. Y'all are super smart. Oh, my God. Um, so, the obvious answer to this question, but she says, how much does the use of Luke and Leia and the spark make you cry? Oh, I mean, we talked about this. <laughs> so much! <laughs> a lot. Oh, so much. It's just all of the tears. I the, the I feel like the entire song is just... Life-ruining. A callback to... To, it's a callback to everything that we've ever known or learned about the Rebel Alliance and about, you know, whatever incarnations of that. And it's very overwhelming. Yes. All right. Last question from Abby. Um, so she says, Your Father Would Be Proud from Rogue One is one of my favorite Star Wars pieces of all time, and its placement in the film is perfect. But if you could use it in any other scene in Star Wars, what what scene would it be? I like to think it would be perfect over Luke's final conversation with Anakin and Anakin's funeral in Return of the Jedi, which, fuck you, Abby, that is emotional terrorism with that idea there. <laughs> yeah, I think for me it's that, and I think it's also interchangeable with Peace and Purpose, which obviously all those scenes have similar themes of they are, um, you know, very like denouement like coming down from the climax somebody is dying and yeah just kind of the cathartic release of of everything that entails and so i i agree maybe if i like had to pick something which i super do not want to do because it makes me cry every time i watch it like chris i would pick when somebody dies probably padme maybe oh. obi-wan Ooh. things that are already like a lot to handle we may as well go all the way <laughs> yeah if padme had been handled better in revenge of the sith that would have been really powerful there i hate everything so i'm like whenever ray does something good <laughs> just have have her being her own father Aww. or like if we had ever gotten a scene where leia was allowed to reflect on the discussion uh, on the destruction of alderaan Oh, God. Oh. Read a book, folks. There are a couple in there. They're really just, upsetting. Just play it over Bloodline. Lost Stars. <laughs> just play it over Bloodline. <laughs> yeah. You can put it, put it in Lost Stars, but is that, is that Claudia Gray? It is Claudia Gray. Do you have this? It oh. is Claudia Gray. No, I have not. Yeah, when, when Nash has to deal with Lost Stars. Oh, my or God. Or with the destruction oh, of Alderaan, me. rather. It's almost like Alderaan's a Lost Star. All right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're ending there. We're ending there. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Uh, this These two episodes of the Book Wars Pod, as this has gone on way long, and because it's been a great discussion. Miranda, thank you so much for joining us. You can be found yeah, guys. on the Twitters, at RealBabyBird. Um, is there anything else that you would like to plug? No, just... That's... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't follow me, unless you have a lot of strong feelings about Star Wars and hockey. Yeah. So. Yeah, basically... Oh yeah, she has to plug Go Caps. Yeah, go plug caps. the the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. No, I can't. I can't do that without crying. So it's gonna be a goddamn okay. mess. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> that's real. Every time she's like noticed something about the cup this week, she's like almost broken down into tears. And I'm like, why? Why is this happening? But then also like sports. So yeah, I get it. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Anyway, our next episode, we're, I think this is, at least one of these is going to be airing before we finish Catalyst. So it's probably going to be episode, the episode where we read chapters 22 through the end of Catalyst by James Lucino. Um, or it'll be our Catalyst wrap up. Or it'll be something completely different. And we'll have posted this much later because we're wild and crazy like that. We're also. I will start and end tag it if it is something significantly different so i can tell the people don't yep. worry uh, yeah we don't know where this, co- this is coming out because we're all depressed um <laughs> uh anyway in the meantime hit us up in our depression on twitter facebook instagram <laughs> t- and tumblr <laughs> at book wars pod book wars pod at gmail.com uh rate review and subscribe to us on uh both to us and the tashi station radio mega feed uh rating and reviewing the show is the best way to help people discover the show we know we have listeners that haven't written reviews. I think at some point in the coming weeks, we're going to do some sort of contest. A contest or two. So to motivate people a little better to rate us. 
Um, you know, also to avoid my rats, so I don't come beat their ass at their house. But. Exactly. You don't want Kate to come beat your ass at your house. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, I, I think you would really want to win the contest, but also the other thing is way, yep. way scarier. It's a carrot and stick approach. Um, and in the meantime, if you are so inclined and have the means, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon and uh, give us coffee at coffee.com slash bookwarspod. It helps us cover our hosting production costs. Also, the Tashi Station uh, blog recently crashed and we had to uh we now have to pay a monthly fee to keep it from not crashing so anything you can give us is very much appreciated that all uh, anything tosh station radio patreon uh helps us and also goes to uh upkeep on the blog the russians you can now find a, everything at tashi station no hyphen don't use a hyphen anymore no hyphen, hyphen is which is exciting and also why everything broke yes, the russians broke the website a donation to us or tashi station at large is a donation to save the country so you know do yep. that basically <laughs> also shout out to croatia for beating russia in the world cup jesus christ uh our theme song is whiz bang by poddington bear our logo and artwork are by joe butera design from myself kate Kristen, and miranda thank you very much for listening to this episode of the book wars pod uh, from Quinn as well, making noise in the background, as always. And, so much. Just so much. And thank you for listening. Hey, Quinn, say hi. He's giving beers to us. Just say hi. Say hi. We could hear you putting things in the recycling. This is great. This is like no, when there's like, this is like when like your friends have a young kid and it's like, say hi. Say hi. They don't want to say hi. I won't do uh-huh. it. He does not want to be in the commercial left. From all of us except Quinn, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> start this over you can okay yeah, that's fine editing <laughs> race high